I said, I'm feeling this pain in the back of my head with something very flat and stone and cold. So definitely it was like a blow to the back of the head. And then I saw a knife in front of me. I kept seeing the word Serato, which I know is closed. I knew it was some kind of like store. And all I could see in there was like electronics, like a pawn shop stuff. They did end up finding out, but what had happened was they had bashed him on the back of the head with a tortilla press, which is a very cold, flat stone, and then slit his throat to make sure he was dead and stolen some stereo stuff. I'm joined today by Tara, who is a mystical advisor focused on tarot readings, astrology, medium work, and Reiki. She digs into how she does what she does and shares some remarkable stories she's had over the years regarding feeling into the future and connecting with the other side that'll get some of you skeptics thinking. And on that side included my father when I had my own personal session a couple months ago. I had a great time talking to her and definitely stayed to the end because the stories get more wild and impactful as they go. I'll stop right there. Let's get into it. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone listening, um, I was introduced to Tara from some couple of really good friends. Uh, I'll try to give you a proper introduction in regards to your medium work, tarot cards, palm readings, uh, and also Reiki, correct? Yes. So we had our own personal session, and I'm going to get right into it as we kind of discussed. Uh, one specific moment that stuck to me during our session as you know, is when you and we, I guess, kind of determined that you felt my father came through. And one of the specific things that you did bring up that, I don't know the right adjective, but I don't want to say freaked me out, but woke me up a little bit, kind of made me some realizations where you said my dad, he mentioned, or you felt that he said he's always over my right shoulder specifically. Yes. And that's when I was sitting in this room, in the podcast room, and over my right shoulder is the one of my favorite photos of my dad. And I thought to myself, I mean, I, I don't know how else to dissect what you just told me other than that. Yeah. And it's a great picture. And it was so neat to walk in here and have you share that and see that. Uh, yeah. I I hear a lot during my sessions, all different things. They wait until you're asleep. So pay more attention to your dreams. Or they like to be with you in the car because that's when you kind of turn everything else off. And even though you're focused on the road, you're more in a zone where you'll hear or feel them. Or we just get so busy in our days, right? So I hear all different things uh, when I'm working with clients and and hearing from spirit. But for you, yeah, that definitely was was what he had said, um, among other things. It was a pretty specific good reading for sure. Yeah, and I don't know how much you remember because I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you flew to California for clients, so I, I I feel like there's a lot of things I have a hard time remembering, let alone what you remember from me. And you mentioned that you don't hear voices, correct? No. Is it never a, have. What what is how do you decipher that? Okay, in the beginning of a session, someone was here, you felt something. Is it a feeling? Is it visual? What what is it if you're not hearing it? How do you determine what you're seeing or hearing? Well, I've been working on it for a while. Uh, I just turned 50 and I've been doing this since I was about 15. Um, and the way that I would say is because the medium work has grown stronger and stronger and stronger over the years. It started just with tarot, is that I know who they are to them. Sometimes I'll get a specific name. Sometimes I won't. I just know who they are to them, maybe how they passed, and maybe the main message they want or need to convey. Then I will get these very random things. Usually I'll admit with help from my cards, 
I don't think the medium part of things would be as specific without the cards. And those, you know, so many symbols and pictures and stories within them that I'll know and I'll feel when it's right. For example, we were talking about earlier, I have always been an avid meditator, and I think that is the number one way to enhance your intuition. So I've been doing a lot lately with when I'm meditating in the morning, I will feel these different energies come in. So I don't hear voices, but I feel and hear, okay, this is a female, and this is how she died, and this is what she might want to say. Um, I might not even know what client that's for. For example, I usually have one booked every morning and two every evening. So I'll hear from these people, as I did with your dad, won't really know who they fit with or what it's going to be, but I'll, I'll recognize that energy, and that, I think, comes from the Reiki part of things. And so the minute I started your re reading, for example, I said, oh, this is that man that had told me early this morning in my meditation that his death was shocking. I've heard that word before, but I didn't hear the word, but you know what, I, I just know the sentence or the phrase or the message. But this was like, no, really shocking, like a shock. Like a lot of people were shocked by this. Just a knowingness? It's I just... knew that. But I didn't know who it would be meant for until I started your reading. Then it was obvious, okay, that guy belongs to him. And I think I even stopped when we had started just your, I always begin with the heart of the matter and the Celtic cross. And then I look at your months and then we talk to people on the, the other side usually. But your dad was so strong. I believe I said, your dad is here. He's going to want to say things, but he knows you're going to get emotional. So we should finish what we're looking at now, look at your upcoming year, and then talk to him. That's how I remember it. So I knew right away that he was that I had heard from this that morning about the shocking death and wanting to talk with you. And so then that's when I got what I got and we talked about it. And then you explained it all at the end. Yeah, and that's when it all started to come together. He was very glad you were carrying on his name. He was very excited about what I kept calling your hobby and laughed about the fact that you'd have to carry on his name because there were all girls around you. And um, I remember, you know, some messages for your mom and, and for you and that it just, it, my practical brain, when I connected, this is the man I heard from this morning that had such a shocking death that a lot of people were shocked about. My practical brain wanted to keep stopping me and not share it. And I've dealt with that a lot over the years oh, they're going to tell me I'm wrong. They're going to say, what the heck are you talking about? And I learned a long time ago, I just, however random I have to give what I'm giving. So my practical brain, somehow I knew you were only 32. And I immediately went to, how could he have already lost his father? He's only 32. But I turned that off and listened to more of what I call the the psychic side or the intuitive side and just went with it. And there have, have there been times where you do you listen to your practical brain and you were wrong or vice versa? I can think back to years ago when I listened to it more and the readings weren't as profoundly specific or meaningful for clients. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And I, I guess, I mean, I feel like our session in particular, a lot of things started making sense as you digress. Like I remember you having like aha moments mm -hmm. where you're kind of connecting the dots, which I thought was cool because I had no idea what the hell was going on, but it seemed like you did. So I felt yeah. more confident. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, I remember asking one specific thing, and I'll try to refresh your memory. You opened the floor for me at the end to say, "Is there anything you want me to ask my dad?" And as wild as that sounds, I you know I was kind of caught off guard a little bit because <laughs> that was a real opportunity. I hopefully I didn't blow it, but I did ask you. I was like, "What?" Or I asked myself rather what the question would be. Then I thought to you, I said, "What? What can I do to stay connected with my dad? Or is there anything I can do, whether 
meditating or this or that, that I can kind of talk to my dad. You know what I mean? I, I'm not exactly, clearly not as honed as you are in that sense of the world. And you told me, you said specifically the sky. You said specifically looking up the sky, and then somehow you, you came to me saying my dad kind of made a joke about a telescope. I don't know if it was a joke, but the funny part came when, came when I asked you, I was like, does that mean I really have to buy a telescope? Is that, is that what that means? And you're like, he's, you said, he said to you, yeah, you'll, you'll eventually buy one. And I, I don't know what the hell that meant, except I immediately started shopping telescopes right after that. Uh-huh. And it did bring back to the point where I had a telescope as a kid. I mean, I, I don't know too many people that had telescopes. Is that a coincidence, is this or that? But is there anything you can dilute on without getting a free session from you in regards to what that meant? I'm not sure, once again, how much you remember. Usually when I get something like that, I will hear all different things. And it's more often where the question is kind of, how can I stay more connected with him? My number one stock answer, you know, kind of just from my advice is dream interpretation or meditation. Those are the two things I would push avidly. But when I get something very specific, it's usually that that is a way they they know that, you. As, again, it's about being kind of in a zone, just at peace which is why I think I hear from a lot of spirits that they're with them when they're driving. People always get scared. Oh my gosh, am I? do I need to be careful? Is there going to be an accident? No, that's just when they choose to come. But for you, I think it definitely was, you know, connecting with nature is always a good thing. But also I, I did feel a bit that it was something he wished he could have continued on, you know, doing with you. One of the things that he had missed having more time to do certain activities with you as, you know, as your father. And for whatever reason, that was just happened to be the first thing that he came to mind with. Yeah. So bizarre. I'm sure I have to ask my mom about the telescope. I'm almost positive that's something he got for me. And it was something I was so obsessed with as a kid, but never carried on. I can't I can't recall as to what age that was. If that was I wonder if that was something I just got or had around the eleven, twelve mark when he passed. That's something I have to kind of look back on because I swear to God, if that happens, I'll I might lose my shit, but <laughs> it's bringing me back to now that I guess I need in to go buy a telescope. In a good way, though, right? Yeah, no, no, in a, in, a, in a good way. And it's like, you know, I, I'm very much a devil's advocate person, so I wonder when it comes to that, you know, I always think like I take it with I always take it with a grain of salt, but, you know, you came very highly recommended with people I trust, so I, I came in, in, in into the, our conversation with a good place. But it, it's one of those things where I asked you prior to the episode of, of the things you told me, how much of that do I hang on to? And what really is what really is the follow up with the conversation that we had? You know what I mean? Is there a follow up? How much do I let that sink in? How much do I let go? What does it all mean? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. If, do you have an opinion on or any direction that you offer your clients if they even ever ask as to what the follow up that they should be doing after a session with you? Oh, that's a really good question. Is there even one? You know what I mean? I think like there's always, no wrong answer. Well, I think right it's answer. so different for everybody. Right. But I always hope. And that was the big reason why I definitely wanted to come and do this, that clients will take just the whole idea of opening their minds more to, you know, they can still hear you. You can still feel them around and learn how to do, you know, that on a regular basis. Uh, I wish so much in our society that we did more for honoring those that have passed on. You know, like in a lot of Latin cultures, they they focus on that and Asian cultures and there's just so much of that that goes on, and I think we've lost that, you know, as a society. And I think there's a whole lot of spiritual comfort and abundance to that. I think on a karmic level, it helps 
to do that. You know, it's just a respect thing, but also it helps keep us knowing, you know, it's not just about our day-to-day stress, anxiety, feeling alone, feeling, you know, confused. Um, There's not only people, ancestors, loved ones, friends that we've lost still there pulling for us that we can still have that heart connection with, but there are also just, you know, general guides and angels there that if we just tapped into that a little more, I think we'd be a lot more at peace and kinder to one another. Yeah, amen. And I wonder for you, I mean, this is just a thought that came to me. And with all the work that you do for other people, and obviously I know you've lost people, loved ones in your life, is it work, do you do, you, do, you do things for yourself? I mean, is that part of your meditation and stuff? Because I feel like you have such a job that's so much, even outside the medium work, you said you, you've been involved a lot with the whole COVID thing that's been going on. So I feel like just from meeting you, you have so much of that you're giving. Do you have time for yourself to apply what you're doing to your clients to yourself? I hear that a lot from from friends. Yes, I do. I Yeah, I have the day job, you know, in the medical profession, but uh, I do. I think I get so much from this work that that helps a lot too. But yeah, I definitely do, you know, the... The massage thing. Um, the massage thing? Oh, I've got to have massages all the time. Besides being on on your feet, you know, for 12 hours in the medical field, um, that's kind of my time to you With know, you re- on that. <laughs> recharge. Yeah. And the meditations alone are very fulfilling. They're not all just about clients and, right. and who might be coming to connect with them later in the day. It's uh, a lot about my own peace of mind and that. So in regards to the people that you, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but uh, I know you mentioned prior to this, I, your grandfather was one significant person you lost in your life. And if you don't mind me bringing it up, your coping mechanisms are so interesting to me because like I said, you have such a gift and abilities that I know you told me that a lot of people can tap into, but you've honed it in a way higher level than I would say most people. How, back to kind of my innate question, do you have any specific mantras or anything you bring to your meditations that helps you with your own grieving process? If that's not too personal. <laughs> oh, no, it's not too personal at all. That has helped me with my own grieving process. Um, yeah, because when, you know, it's uh, a grandfather that I that I love dearly, for sure, that I lost um, fairly young. It was only 16 or 17. And then uh, my grandmother right after that, and she was very, very spiritual. Uh, not so much religious, but very spiritual and always encouraged me in this, you know, always uh, picking up books and that. But I was kind of confused and distraught when I lost them. I was pretty young, so I wasn't very together. I was like 17 and 18. But a great uncle who was also very, very spiritual and a gifted medium, that was hard. I think I just take comfort in the fact that I've developed this over the years and can you know, still hear from them and feel them, specifically the the grandparents, because again, I was kind of just a wild teenager then. Um, and it was sad and hard, but now I know all these tools to hear from them. Like I've gotten things before. Um, I, we have a big family. My mom has um, nine brothers. There are nine of them total, nine brothers and sisters. And um, I would ask my grandma, okay, you know, who should I be worried about? And there would be times that one would be ill or not, you know, in the best shape. And she, I would hear from her, no, 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 you all need to focus on this one, but he's younger and we didn't think anything was wrong with him. And I would hear from her specifically, no, he's where we need to put our focus. And sure enough, unfortunately, that is the uncle that got sick younger. So I guess you asked me about comfort and I'm talking about insight I've gotten from, from my grandmother, um, from the other side. Uh, 
yeah, I've had some times where I can just kind of, I work a lot with these special candles that I think are great that are made in New England and you can light those. There are some that are called ancestors specifically, some that are for astral projection, some that are to heal different chakras, which is along the Reiki stuff. How does that work? If I never heard of special candles? I just picked up even more in Salem. I was in Massachusetts uh, last week. So they're really great. They have mantras on the front and you can find them at most metaphysical New Age stores I actually love this specific company. I've been looking for theirs all the time whenever I go in a place like that. And um, those help a lot because they have a healing mantra. And sometime between lighting it and blowing the flame out, whether it's 10 minutes or a few hours, as long as you read that mantra three times, which is usually a really touching, neat poem of some intention, that works a lot. So is it the actual candle? Is it more, is it the, uh, is there anything special about the actual candle cannabis or is it the more the mantra? They are, which this used to scare me, but it doesn't anymore. Um, they are made by Wiccan women in the woods in like New Hampshire, New England area. And I totally understand them now that I've researched a lot. I think it's really awesome. Um, and they bless the oils as they churn them and put the mantras on them. And I was actually asking because I wasn't finding any more of them there than I have in California or Utah lately. And I said, I'm getting worried. I'm going to buy all that you have because I've had a hard time finding them. And they said, oh, don't worry. The the clerk said, uh, the company's doing great. It's just there's a big demand. There's a big pull in the metaphysical community right now. People are turning more towards this type of stuff, which really makes me happy. And so they just are trying to keep up with demand. There is a lot of demand for that, huh? Yeah. So there are lots of things like that that I've recommended to clients. And yeah, I have wondered, is it just me because I'm so into all this and I've studied so much over the years and I was born to a family of people that, you know, are a little more intuitive. But no, I've heard back from other clients. Um, that, oh, yep. I'm have to, I mean, I don't know if you want to plug the button. I have good luck with those too. <laughs> so that helps if I know I just need to hear from my grandmother or my great uncle or an aunt. Um, I'll get one of those lit and read that mantra and... I will hear from them in the next few nights, if not during the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just had that phone call where we were talking about someone and then the person called, so. Oh, uh, yeah, that happened right when yeah. I got here. We were talking about a certain family member of mine yeah. that I would love to share some of his experiences, but we're. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, and it then comes, he it comes. No, yeah, no problem there. <laughs> yeah, that um, was funny. You, you mentioned about your grandfather. I, I, it was my great uncle. I mean, sorry. I love my grandfather very much, but my great uncle was the medium. And that was the one that you lost around 17 or no? Who was the one you lost when you were like 17? Uh, 17 and 18, grandfather and grandmother. Right. So that was, I was trying to prelude you mentioning that you lost around 17. So I do remember you also telling me around 15 is when you started with the tarot cards, right? Very much. I thought this might be a good transition to explain your pro origin story. Sure, if you want to get into that, but more your process. Yeah. I'm curious to see um, if you would like to share that a little bit. I don't know if you want to do both. Is, is your process part of learning your origin story or do you want to just talk about how you yeah, how you is. operate so yeah, it'll so. probably be a combination story because sorry to, before you get going tarot cards we did that i still don't understand it at all like i don't i mean i i listened to you and i think that's my job was just to listen to you and and try to understand what you were explaining so if you can weasel in there some uh yeah tarot cards for dummies i would appreciate that of course <laughs> so um my mother and my great uncle had talked to me over the years um, about, um, you know, them being 
quintessential hippies and into all this kind of stuff and all the neat, you know, uh, tarot cards and even little seances they had done here and there. And um, I remember thinking, well, that's really cool. And then I had this grandmother who was very into astrology and always wanting to support any of my interests. And so she would always pick up, she loved garage sales. She would always pick up uh, this astrology book for me or that one. And so then I said, oh, grandma, I just found out about these tarot cards. This is just amazing. And once I saw those, I thought, wait a minute, I already love symbolism and artwork and mythology and the whole idea of I've got to know everything. I've always been extremely curious. And I thought there is a way, like if I studied this book enough and look at all the beautiful artwork in these cards that I could know, maybe is that boy ever going to like me? Or is this ever going to happen this way? Or, you know, can I really do this for a career someday? All that. And so I just kind of devoured everything there was to, to know about it. And luckily, I have a big family again. So besides the nine aunts and uncles, like 24 first cousins. And so there was always someone around to just kind of test the cards out with or on. And um, so it kind of started with that. And then as I got married pretty young and moved out of state, I thought, oh, well, now I'm in, you know, a place. I'm not in Southern California anymore. This is, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, found great like-minded people into it. Found this wonderful bookstore that was a very new age metaphysical bookstore and told them, I, I read cards, you know. I didn't tell them. I hadn't really done it for money. But the owner said, great, let me have you do a reading for me and we'll see how this goes. So that was an incredible experience. And looking back, I thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe I really built it up so much there of all the places in the world, you know, with the heavy church influence there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm bit. lucky they didn't run me out of town. Yeah, right? a little bit, so yeah. um, that was a wonderful experience. In fact, um, as I was really getting better and better with the cards there, one of the most probably important, and I do have to include her in my process, situations I had was um, I kept hearing from the the clerks at is a bookstore too at the bookstore this beautiful European woman keeps walking in and asking about you she sees your poster in the front of the store and she keeps asking about you and I said well make an appointment put her on my schedule well, she wants to meet you so finally we connect and this beautiful European girl walks in and she said I just wanted to meet you first and talk to you first but you know Okay, let's make an appointment. The minute she sat down, I said, you have a son, a, the soul of a baby boy trying so hard to come to you. You will have the son and he will be a Virgo just like you. And that was just obvious in the cards. And, and she burst into tears and she said, that was exactly going to be my question. That's the main thing I'm here about. My husband is stationed at a local Air Force base nearby here and we're going to be in America for four or five years. And that's been a thing we've wanted to do for many years. I said, it's going to happen. And he's now 20 and we're almost best friends. She was a very gifted Reiki energy healer and clairvoyant. And so we started off on this journey of doing these very in-depth, meaningful meditations and didn't use the cards too much on that, but um, it really expanded us. And then we started thinking about auras, right? We were learning about auras. This was kind of funny. And we said, well, I just want to get so psychic and so intuitive that our auras are just so purple, no one can believe it. Why purple? Because that's the psychic color. That's the card of intuition, right? And so we saw, and this is weird too, because her and I both have very good memories. We're still very good friends. We saw this ad that this man was coming to Salt Lake City from New York who was um, a very gifted automatic writer, which I think is cool too. I've done some stuff with that, and hypnotist. And it said pretty much for anything you want, 
He can hypnotize you and make you better with that. So we're like, this is easy. We're going to increase our mediumship. We both just wanted to be able to connect people with their lost loved ones. And so we went to this. And it's so odd because she and I both have pretty good memories. We cannot remember for the life of us what the man's name was. We had been reading some of his books at the time. I have all my books, including old antique books from family, you know, about old, old school tarot stuff and that. Can't find the books. Can't remember his name, neither of us. But we both are sure. Nothing weird went on during those <laughs> sessions. Are you sure? <laughs> I remember sitting in a chair and watching her like on a massage table or Reiki table. There was nothing weird. And she remembers the same for me. But we both remember like very quickly after. I think it was like $100 each. And it would have been in 97, I think. Um, we both remember after right away. And I got to use it more because I was doing the readings in the store. Not only knowing certain things for our clients that were calling or coming to us for help, but knowing much more specifics like names and cause of death for people around them. And that changed things a lot. So that's kind of more in my history than my process. But well, that's okay that because I helped. have like a lot of questions. So correct me if I'm mistaken. When you were younger, 15, your interest in tarot cards, that was just a general interest, or did you have? Did you say you had experience, like uh, a medium psychic experience? I was experience. just trying it out on, well, I was studying everything I could about it, testing them out, because there are 78 different cards. Each card has about 12 different meanings. So that's where intuition comes in. And so I was just studying all I could about them, because there are a lot of different variations of them, and testing it out. I, I started this thing where I would turn one every day, and, okay, I think I kind of know what this card means. Go throughout my whole day. And then come back and look at the really long paragraph about all the, the meanings that card could have and see how that fit into my day. Okay, so that aspect I need to hone in. Now I'm to where I can look at a certain card and, you know, cards have a lot of stuff going on in them. And I'm not always drawn to, oh, this one's just a bunch of money for this guy that month. No, look down in the left corner. Oh, look at that. You know, that's whatever the symbolism might be. So I'm it just kind of helped me. But back to close out that story, we asked that man before we left after he hypnotized us, by the way, what color are our auras? Because we knew he, he'd written a book about that. And he goes, oh, they're both really red. And we were so upset. We put our heads down. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? And we're like, well, we wanted them to be really purple. We've been meditating really hard and studying, working on all this stuff. And he goes, well, what's wrong with red? Don't you girls know what that means? We're like, yeah, passion. And he goes, passion is a good thing. Like you girls are hell bent on getting better, getting more accurate, helping more people. Um, and it's working. Yeah, clearly. It was, it was a really neat experience. That's so awesome. To kind of close out that story about the aura. And is that where you, I feel like, is that kind of like, you're not, I don't know, you've been doing it for a while, I guess before that was like a launching point more or less? Yeah, probably until I got to actually work in that store. And because it's wonderful to test out on strangers. I'm really good with strangers. In fact, it's kind of been a hindrance, you know, family members and people really close to me. If it's something really important, oh, I worry. Like that's where I call Carmen, my my European friend, because um and you're still in touch? Yeah, oh very much. We've traveled Europe together and she's attuned to me with the highest level of Reiki. So 
there's that element too. And I think that's helped in feeling the and the different energy shifts. And um, it's all about energy, especially when you're talking about people that have passed on. Yeah. And medium, Reiki, all that. It's all energy, right? Yeah. I same. mean, it's intuition energy as well, isn't it? Yeah. You're just, that's all it is, a reading energy, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to fight with what I call that practical brain. Um, again, I'm always prepared, and I have been since the day I first started in that store, the day I first started, you know, charging people in person or on the phone, finally, because I did it for free for a long time. I have always have this little bit of this comment I'm about to make is so random. They're just going to say, what in the heck are you talking about? And I'm just, all, for a long time, not anymore, but I used to always just be ready for that. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not paying you or I'm not coming never happened. I'm not going to say everybody has always called back, but I will say with the dedication and the broadening of all, adding all those other things to it, numerology, I, I look at that a lot too. It's just gotten more and more accurate, I think, because of the the yeah. passion for it and the, the consistency. Red. There you go. You're wearing red today, so it's literally perfect. I see your passion. <laughs> and I never wear red. <laughs> I, this is easy for me, the illiterate in the uh, energy field. I can see your red and your passion. Uh, so is that how you gauge? Is that how you gauge your accuracy? I guess because um, you said you were getting better, and I guess you just answered the question in regards to how do you know you're getting better if you're talking to people? You is it the follow up or is there a reaction during your sessions? Is that just? It's the reaction during the sessions, and it's. The emotion, the the um, you know, they're more grateful, or oftentimes when they explain it at the end, you know, because it's not. It's very much like even though I don't hear voices, it's very much like when you're tuning a radio radio station. It can have it like really, really strong and clear, and that matches some the vibration of energy I'm feeling. I know that's weird. No, that makes sense. I heard that. Um, and then it'll fade. And usually that's when I'll say whatever I'm seeing specifically when we're when we're doing the medium work. And then that I will often say, is there anything you want to ask? Because I want to get that in before it fades. Right. I want to get your most meaningful question to them in before it fades. What's your opinion on the healing abilities of what, obviously you're doing it for a living, so I'm like to think you're pretty confident in it. But uh, I know there's plenty of people, at least in my life, that don't even touch the medium work and I'm more open to it. And I think some of my family is too. What's your thought on the healing process for certain people? Is it too overwhelming for certain people that are at certain stages of their grief or their life or whatever? Or is it, is there a better moment for people to consider seeing someone like you? Or is it, I guess it's pretty heavy. And I, it I, is. I don't know for whatever reason me, I'm just open to it, I guess. They're probably not going to call if they're not ready. I have had, especially, you know, doing a lot of this work in Utah as well as California, you know, someone will drag a very organized, in an organized religion client to me that's a little on the fence. And they're trying to, like, convince them. I don't even want to do it because if someone is either not ready because just too raw, too new of a loss, or there's a religious block like that, and the friend is just enthusiastic, you need this. No, until they're ready, it's not really going to be worthwhile. But I know there was more to that question you were asking. Oh, as far as being um, too soon, I've had some of those experiences, but they ended up good, thank goodness. Just talked to the family this morning, actually. Um, I was called in Utah many years ago to the home of a family of a young man that was killed in an avalanche. I feel like it was the next day or two. Oh, they scheduled it the next day after it happened? I feel like it was very, very soon. It, it was very soon after. And three young children and a young wife. And, oh, the the pressure was on. It was heart-wrenching. 
but the wife knew that she was ready and she needed that. I'm still very close to the family. Kids are grown, kids of their own. And that's, I think, been a very fulfilling experience for them. I mean, I remember um, not only getting them through that, it was horrible, but um, describing what her second husband would be like and assuring her there's not only you know, healing from this, but you you will go on with your life. There is a, a second marriage and another child and, you know, they're, they're girls. Did that know, happen? Or is 18 it, now. Oh, yeah. That happened on the husband and the kid. I still read for them. And I always know, which I love, when the widow does call me, now it's the adult children are going to call soon after too, you right. know, because mom tells them about it. But his brothers have called, his mother's called. It was harder shortly after because I really feel a lot of that. I take a lot of that on. It's something I definitely have to work on sloughing off or I would just be, you know, how am I going to get up the next day and do a hospital shift or do my, right. you know, my fun stuff with family. So I do have to work on protecting myself from that. But if it's really up to the person. It's such a personal thing. And I thought, oh, she sure she wants me to come already. It's so recent. And the husband that died came yeah. through? Yeah. Just like that? Oh, yeah. Um, and I've had uh, an experience... This was was really out of the blue and troubling. I was working and with someone, and he had just heard that I had done this and had the cards. And this was before I even had, you know, a lot of experience. And he said, "Please come over to my mother's house. Um, our dad lives half the time in Mexico and half the time here, and he's missing. Like it's been a long time. He always comes home at least, you know, every weekend, if not, he's like several days late, and we're not getting any answers from the Mexican government." Please come over and just tell us what you what you can, please. And actually, I think before the appointment day even came, they got confirmation he had died, but the Mexican government didn't tell him really any details. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do psychometry with this one. Psychometry? That is the act of holding an object of the lost loved one. It really makes it much more uh, easy for me. Wow, it sounds primal. Yeah, much more specific. So I knew I was going to have to ask for that because this was important stuff. So I asked the wife, could I hold one of his shirts, please? And I did. And this was really weird. I knew right away, you know, yeah, he's dead, but that had been confirmed to them by the, the Mexican government by then. But I said, um, I'm trying to figure out how he died because they were getting no answers and it was kind of mysterious. And I said, I'm feeling this pain in the back of my head with something very flat and stone and cold. So definitely it was like a blow to the back of the head. And then I saw a knife in front of me. That was really unsettling. I was pretty much feeling what he was feeling physically right before. You actually felt real pain. The pain in the head for sure. But that was all. I did not feel any stabbing pain, which would have really freaked me out because it's like a big fear I have uh, knives. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I told them that. That was hard. And I said, you've got to go there. I said, there is a taller man in a cowboy hat that's done this before. He has a very cold heart. He's killed before. There's a shorter man with him that is not. It's going to be very frustrating and long, but you are going to find our answers. I had the name of like a street corner, two streets where I felt this had happened. I kept seeing the word Serato, which I know is closed. I knew it was some kind of like store. And all I could see in there was like electronics, like a pawn shop stuff. And I said, 
it was in there or his stuff is in there. That's how you'll connect it. Anyway, I, I knew these things. I said, it's going to be a long process, um, but you will find out because the, the shorter one that has not done this before has more of a conscience and is very upset by this and will either admit it or tell someone that will tell authorities. And they did end up finding out, but what had happened was they had bashed him on the back of the head with a tortilla press, which is a very cold, flat stone, and then slit his throat to make sure he was dead and stolen some stereo stuff. Jesus. How long, after, how, long, how long after did they find this all out? It took a couple, I mean, obviously that was the evidence that they got a few days later because that, you know, once they, they had to get down there before the police would tell them details, but um, they did not find these people until, you know, it was like two years. They contacted you? The, the yeah, people. they gave me follow-up as it was all happening. But they said I, I, I was right and the coroner confirmed that, he, thank goodness, he was not, I mean, either way it's horrible, but he was not killed from the stabbing, but they just did, that's how cold they were. It was horrible. Well, I don't have a lot of those, thank goodness. Yeah, those are some ridiculous, like, I don't even know the right way to describe those. It's insane. And so I'm curious how that family, what does the family react? What did that family react to you in regards to when you first told them the story? Like, before, to your, in the beginning, when you said, this is how what you're seeing, this is what you're feeling, did it just break down? Like, what is the reaction? Is it good? I'm, it's not good, I'm pretty but, extra sensitive. Like, I'm definitely like a pleaser. I hate upsetting people. So I always hope that this is more healing to people than upsetting. They were just so desperate for answers. They were so in shock. And I don't remember what the delay or holdup was, but, you know, because we were in San Diego at the time, it wasn't that far to get down there. But I do know that they, maybe the authorities had told them, you know, we're investigating. No one's going to talk to you or see you or tell you anything until this day. I know there was a few days they were going to have to wait. And so they just wanted some answers. And that's why it was kind of like, hey, this girl I work with had mentioned that. She kind of does stuff like this. And so that's how it all came about. It wasn't even really at a point in my life where I was doing, you know, this work on the regular or was more focused in college at the time, actually. But um, that was uh, one that sticks in my mind. So again, you kind of asked, how do I know when people are ready? They're not going to come to me and ask unless... They are. They have to know, yeah, so much they're ready. And again, if they're drug in there or someone tries to push them to it, don't want to do it. And when someone's drug into there and, and perhaps, I just won't because I can feel that it's not going to be beneficial. Does that affect they're the other person? Have a block. Does it affect the other person coming through? Is that what you mean by a block? Does that affect, like, for instance, say I wasn't ready when I came to you, would my dad still have come through? That's a good question. Probably. Because I, I wonder, I wonder if that has any implication of how he comes through and communicates to you through to me. Feeling on, what I felt of his love and the excitement to speak and share and, you know, bond with you and have that connection, I, I think he still would have. Yeah, he's pretty aggressive. Yeah. I think if I did it for your mom, because I sense there's still some unfinished stuff there, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I think he would still, it would be poignant, but I, I just hope she's, you know would be receptive. She'll know when that time is ready if she ever wants to reach out to anyone to help her communicate with him. Yeah, I wonder. I don't but know. I, I can't really her. say. I mean, I guess I'm just, I'm always thinking more probably about the client. So if I feel at all, oh, they're going to get freaked out or scared or go on some religious questioning of, oh, this is bad, this is negative, this is evil thing. I, I know when that's an issue and I just, not a good idea. Or, you know, I don't have time to do your friends too, just yours tonight. That's kind of the graceful. stuff I'll say. I've only had one time where I've been compelled to offer my services to someone out of the blue randomly. This was really weird too. 
this sounds weird, I know, but I was actually seeing a friend that's a massage therapist. And she said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. My sister has to come in and grab something and then she's going to leave. I was like, no problem. We're pretty much done anyway. So the sister kind of waited out in the hall. And when we finished, she gave her what she came to get. And, and I just remember being so taken with her sister. I didn't know anything about her sister. And I just had this gnawing feeling. It went on for a few days and nights. I need to read for Angelina's sister. I need to read for Angelina's sister. And I kept telling her, I said, I need to read for your sister. I don't even want to charge her. I don't think it's anything scary. I need to do this. She's like, okay. I talked to my sister. She said, sure, she's off on this day. You know, I even went to her house. And it was so weird because I remember saying, oh, you and your son are very, very, very close. And this is a great relationship. You have a boyfriend now, kind of a bad boyfriend. You know, you could take him or leave him not the best thing. I said, you are going to find someone that you are so in love with that you are not even going to believe that you can feel that way about someone and know so much that he's right for you. I said, I see you moving, if not to another country, the other end of this country, be very happy with him. And I said, you might worry a little bit that it's bad for your son because your son's, you know, like 13, 14. It was like, you know, high school age, kind of tough age. But it'll end up ironically being like one of the best things for him. Oh, and, and then I said, you have the twin split. I, we were talking about the, on the palms. Uh, palms aren't really as specific as my cards could be, but I had seen uh, split a line of the children. A woman's going to have her on the side of her pinky here. And it's very unusual to see a twin split. That's twins. And I said, and there's twin girls coming. It's a great blessing to you. And I finished. She said, um, okay, thanks. But <laughs> I just bought this house. My whole family lives very nearby. It's just been me and my son for a long time. I have this bad boyfriend. I just, you know, need to try and kind of slowly get out of that. I would never in a million years move away from my family. I didn't imagine really ever having any more children, let alone twins. Wow. And just worked really hard to buy this house and run my family's business. And so Thanks. I would run into her once in a while in social circles. And timing is one of the hardest things to get, which is exactly why I do the months the way I do them, to try to pin that down more. Timing in regards to your, predi your predictions? predictions right? yeah. okay. Every time I would run into her around town or even see her sister, who is my friend, I would feel just like the biggest idiot. Three years later, she was out dancing with a friend, like her best friend, and the phone was ringing. And she goes, oh, I can tell from the ringtone that's my brother in New York. Answer and tell him we're out having too much fun to answer the call. And so she did and kind of struck up a conversation with her friend's brother in New York. And they got to talking and emailing, and then he would send for her, and she'd go to New York to see him and so on. And they ended up hitting off so well that she not only knew this was the man for her, she sent, I believe, her son first— because he needed to start school there. She trusted and loved this new guy that much. And then she figured out a way to rent her house out, run the family business from phone and fax, and she headed to New York to be with him. Problem was, after she got there, she was really sick. And so after a couple months of just not feeling right, she went to the hospital, and they're like, um, you're pregnant. Oh, Christ. And I get pictures of the twin girls every year. <laughs> it's amazing. But for three years, that family— looked at me like I was crazy. It was kind of embarrassing. And you, I can imagine. That's probably like a, a weird weight <laughs> on your shoulders. Like, do I even know what I'm doing? But yeah. you, and, and that had, did you have a, you didn't have a timeline? It was just like, I just see this. I think thinking about the way that I do it, I probably did. Um, and I was off by three years. I have had people tell me everything you said happened. 
but you know, you kept focusing on, for example, that April, you know, or whatever. Um, all of that happened, but it didn't happen in April. It happened four months from when you said it or something. You know, again, that's really hard to pin down because yes, I believe there is fate and destiny. I believe in the Kashuk records very much too. So I believe we kind of have a a blueprint or a plan of what our soul's experience are going to be this lifetime, this time around. And we kind of have a veil that comes down and we're, we don't know all of it. When we're little, we do. So why children have a lot of, I think, interesting things happen, but that gets more and more as we get older. I think. The practical mind? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless we're working on it diligently. And so I believe we have in general, you know, this our main soul growth and what our big issues are going to be. But at the same time, I believe we're also free agents, right? And so especially when it comes to, you know, meeting the right person or being in the right place, sometimes we self-sabotage uh, out of insecurities or when we're living in ego or whatever. And so I just think sometimes um, because of that, ver those very things, time is hard to get. So I really like doing the month thing for people. I was like, oh, when I was younger, there's a tarot layout that you can do that you, it's just, okay, this is October, this is November, this is December. Like, I like that. I'm going to do that to try and help get past this difficulty in predicting timing correctly. Yeah, kind of manage expectations a little bit too. So tarot cards are, you, you keep you kept mentioning um, how your intuition is an important part of that. So obviously there is a, a lot of studying that had to have happened, and that's how you, you learned about the cards. But how much of it is, is any of it objective so I like say so you pull a card and the way is is it objective and how you or say someone else that does some similar work, if you guys were all to pull the same cards right next to each other, would you both have different, complete different interpretations potentially? Like how much does intuition weigh into your tarot card readings? A lot. I think um that's why it's really important to, you know, kind of find the right reader for you at the right time, too. How do you know? How do I know? Yeah. You would feel moved by it. You would feel like it actually that was too random or that made me feel a certain way or that, you know, that light bulb went on. I think it's in the way that you react to it. And a lot of it does also, did you feel like at all it ended up kind of towards the middle or end or whatever, a little bit of like a therapy session? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I've never done that before without, um, until we did it. So, you know, I, I struggle with uh, the thought of, okay, how much of this is good to know where things are going? How much should we just, you know, leave it to the wind? I'm curious, well, what's your opinion on that? Obviously, you do it for a living, so I would think you lean one way, but I'd rather hear it from you. Do you think there is, I don't want to say danger, that's like the wrong word, but is there any other side to the fact of, or, or concern about knowing or hearing what may happen? And is there any situation where you would even recommend against what you do of maybe you don't want to hear what's coming? Or is that, once again, it's just different timing and people are, everyone's different who comes to you? Yeah, I think it is, it's a danger if they're, if they're like really mentally unstable and they're not hearing mm. it the right way and they're taking it to a paranoia place, right? Right. There's a danger in that. And I usually can pick up on that right away and I'm like, hmm, oh, you know, I'm, I'm all booked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, but, po you're, um, polite, you're polite. You're yeah. polite. Yeah. There's that or, um. I think the only like I said, I'm a pretty positive reader, so it's a lot. It's it's always funny to me how people are afraid of. I think hearing bad, scary stuff, and so I I always say, you know, 
first of all, a death card doesn't mean death at all. It really doesn't. There's a card that means death more than that card. That's ironic. And even having said that, you would have to not only see a very specific combination, but I would have to have like a really, really horrible feeling. It's very, very rare that I see things like that. May have you called? You haven't called anything drastic like that, have you? I did for one of my best friends, and that was weird too. Yeah, I can share that one. But I, I would just I'm say- I'm sorry to hit you with that. Only... Jeez. I, I thought you were just going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> the the danger, though, I think is only, again, if they're unstable or um, I worry more about people not taking the inspiration. You know, again, no, they're going to go down that overworked, overstressed, living in ego, not taking care of their mental, emotional, spiritual health, and just not stop and think, what is life really about? What really should I be doing? What is my real path? I worry more about that. I don't think there's too much of a danger. And like I say, if I get anything negative, I'll say, you know what? You're a free agent. I do think, though, there's some unexpected expenses in April. I'd be a little careful with your money. Got it. That it's not usually scarier than that. You lay you lay it on them lightly. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, it's like, why do you self-sabotage? There's a tendency to do that again. Hmm, you could let a really good opportunity go. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a blend of, you're saying there's a blueprint, but also, um, I guess there is a balance of free will there. Uh, and is that, do you believe in both? Yes. And that's where those choices where- you, That's I guess, why timing can be off. Right. Because you could self-sabotage you or derail stay it. in your same patterns, blah, 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 blah. Or the per, if it's involving a, a soulmate or a very special person for you that you know, you're know you meant to marry, have a child with, start a business with, whatever. What if you're like just one of the two- are not listening to their path. They're stuck in a depression or a fear of trying something new. That'll hold things off. That's where you get into like star-crossed lover stuff. <sighs> the relation to me, selfishly, I'm trying to you know absorb everything you're telling me and correlate it to the conversation that we had. Because I know a couple of things you said about the early months since you spoke. There was a lot of contemplation and then there was a lot of heavy stuff about this podcast in general that to me was all good stuff. Once again, it's a blend of using what you told me as inspiration because I feel like a lot of really good stuff came out when I was kind of in a weird place with the podcast. Not that I didn't stop believing. I was just kind of screwing. I wasn't I wasn't doing discipline on my own to keep it going as I know I could. So I wonder if what I'm how I'm seeing it now I feel like I'm even more motivated than I was to really get the ball rolling as I was in the beginning based on what you told me. So I feel like as to what you just said about the inspiration, I, I feel like I kind of applied that, at least in this sweet spot right now where I'm, I'm getting the ball rolling even more than when we first spoke. Good, because I saw really good stuff for it in November, I know, right? and I felt like it was global good stuff. November's close. That's why I'm like, Jesus, I, I got to get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people to help. I do. I think it's so sad that you know you encounter it all the time in society. Uh, you see it on hoarders, you see it down the street, you know, you get to talking to some homeless person, you know, how did you get here? How did this happen? And it's so often, you know, besides being the general run of the mill, you know, financial bad luck, but it's so often it's, well, so-and-so got ill and passed away. And that just causes yeah. redirection. Yeah. And even if it's not just so much that they maybe financially relied on that person, I see so much more of the, they just, they're stuck. They can't move forward. And I think we need to work that out more. And you're saying by working that out, maybe seeing what's ahead of you? Yeah, that. But figuring out a way to still feel their presence and not be stuck in that time when you lost that person. Because, you know, a lot of good therapists, the first thing they'll say to you, especially if your anger 
is really out of control or if you're a control freak, um, they'll say, when did you feel like you lost control? And so often the answer question. is, yeah, something really devastating, like the loss of someone. So I just think what you're doing is so wonderful. We have a, a mental health problem anyway in our country, and there's so many stigmas and and so much depression that's not being treated and healthcare's not where it needs to be. And so I think the more you have an outlet like this to talk, people to talk about and honor their loved ones, and I love that you do it with humor. I try. I mean, I'm not that not the funniest person, but at the same time, I think uh, I think lighting the mood is is part of it. I mean, maybe that, in my opinion, that's why it's a it's a scary topic. I mean, just in general. And I wonder if it's a scary topic for you because you're connecting to the other side. So it's like, does it desensitize death for you? I'm sorry to veer off in regards to your plug. You're giving me really nice words about my podcast. So I appreciate that. But how does it affect you? Someone that's in the field of doing this type of work where you're constantly bombarded with energy from the other side, what does that do to your interpretation of death? Is it, are you like numb to it? Are you at peace with it? Are you still any kind of fear or anything? Or are you just like, um, I'm, I know those people are still here in some sense. Is that comforting or? I've never personally had a fear of it. Oh, great. Okay. I've just kind of always known there's a whole lot more. Um, a lot of people don't agree with this, but I absolutely believe in reincarnation, not so much to the level of, oh, you know, you made people feel so little, you're going to come back as an ant. Oh, yeah. Not that kind of stuff. But I believe that, um, you know, if you don't figure it out, and what can matter more than letting people know how much they mean to us, letting them know that we love them, not holding grudges, not fighting, what, what could mean more than, you know, just keeping that kind of in general. I think those are, those are the tortured souls I hear from in my work. Tortured souls of oh, I hadn't seen my son in seventeen years. Oh god! Or I hadn't seen my dad in seventeen years, and now he's gone. Can you tell me what he might say? That's where I think it's sad. So that's I I hope to help people. You know, if I help a client in a situation like that, they're like, okay, I have so much closure now. I can you know not carry right. this guilt to feel and believe that he can still feel and hear you saying those words. It it isn't too late. I think that you are likely to have an easier time on the other side and not have to come back and experience maybe the similar kind of pain you put onto others is what I believe. So as long as you're living right and living well, I don't think there's any reason to fear death. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that's right. Because it's all about yeah. living and learning and loving, right? Yeah. What else could it, life really, what really matters? Not money, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and then you know, at, at some point, it's like, what is the ratio of good and bad? Because I feel like you know, we all sin, and there's obviously there's different levels and hierarchies of sin. So maybe some one person sins not as much as the other, but at the same time, it's like I, you know, I still, I, excuse my language, I still, I'm not even saying I still mess up in my life, and I like to think I'm generally a good freaking person, but I'm not perfect. So it's like, what is the ratio? You know what I mean? Like, what what is defining as good, and is there a, a measurement for that? to stay on that side right. <laughs> and not come back as a friggin' ant. Not that you said that's happening. But you're not out belittling people or or putting violence on people or breaking women's hearts left and right or right, stealing right. money from people, right? Not that I know. No, not that I remember. <laughs> Those days are past, so <laughs> no. But no, 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 I'm not. not that I, no, I'm not. So I think I'll be good on the other side. We'll find out. Thank you for being on here. Thank you. All right, well, guys, thank you for tuning in. Take care. <laughs>